This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. The Royal Balloom State Park, under the management of the Perat State Parks Corporation, has been awarded the prestigious Conservation Assured Tiger Standards, or CATS, approval in recognition of its exceptional conservation efforts and commitment to tiger conservation. So the milestone has been achieved through a fruitful partnership with WWF Malaysia, who provided guidance and support throughout the whole accreditation process. So what does this certification mean for tiger conservation, you know, for the Royal Balloom State Park? Uh, and what does it mean for Malaysians here, it, uh, you know, for all of us together? Joining me today is Mohammad Shah Reza Hussein. He is the director of the Perak State Park Corporation, who also manages the conservation of Royal Balloom and other Perak State protected areas. He's going to break it all down for us. Welcome, Shah. How are you today? Thank you, Juliet. I'm fine. Thanks. It's so nice to have you uh, in the studio with me, Shano. Uh, you know, the last time we spoke, you know, it was uh, virtually. So it's really lovely to yes, have you yes. in the studio with me. So first of all, congratulations. You know, this is an amazing achievement, not just for Royal Balloom and for Pirat State Parks, but for Malaysia and Malaysians, isn't it? Yes, yes. It is truly a milestone because uh, Royal Balloom is the first and only accredited CATS approved site in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not a small feat. And I would like to share our experience and also talk a little bit into why this is so important for the future of tiger conservation. Okay, and let's talk a little bit about our tigers first, of course, right? So we know we know the you know it's not been great news. We the estimates are what less less than 150 million tigers remaining in the yeah. wild in Peninsular Malaysia, right? Um, you know, led to extinction by the usual suspects, poaching, habitat loss. But you know that's what you uh, you've been working so hard towards, isn't it? Uh, conserving the tigers that we have. Uh, I mean, what do you want? to tell listeners about our tiger conservation. Okay, uh, so just to give a wider context, uh, globally, there's only 13 countries that is considered as tiger range, Mm -hmm. meaning there's only 13 countries in this world that has tigers, you know, that includes India, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Cambodia, Laos, uh, Malaysia, Myanmar, Nepal, Russia, Thailand, Vietnam, China, Indonesia, and some of these Indo-Chinese uh, countries, the tiger population are so low that they might be in the brink of uh, extinction, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so tiger numbers have fallen greatly over decades. Yeah. In Malaysia, in the 60s and the 50s, we have more than 5,000 tigers. Now, sadly, through the first national tiger survey, uh, we know that our numbers is less than 150. But what is more important for Malaysian to understand is uh, we have uh, only six species of tigers left. One of them is the Malaysian tiger. Mm-hmm. Used to have nine species. Of course, if you talk to taxonomists and biologists, uh, they have their own uh, internal debate about the species. But basically, there are nine tiger species. Three has been extinct, the Caspian tiger, the Bali tiger, and the Javan tiger. So what's left is Sumatran, Siberian, Indochinese, Malayan, Bengal, and South China tigers. Okay, what is interesting about our tiger, the Malayan tiger, is that it only exists in Peninsular Malaya. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so from Johor right up to Royal Bloom and a little bit into the southern tip 
of uh, Banglang National Park, mm-hmm. which borders Royblom, is where the Malayan tiger is. So nobody else in this whole world can protect the Malayan tiger except Malaysians. You know, uh, they don't even exist in Borneo. Sabah Sarawak tak ada. Eh? Mm-hmm. So uh, we in, in Peninsula Malaysia uh, is the custodian of the last 150 or less Malayan tigers. And um, the Malayan tiger need not go extinct just because of habitat loss or poaching, you know. Because if the numbers are too low, then the numbers become unviable in terms of them to repopulate. That's what happened to our rhinos, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, at one time, we had, we thought we had got good number of rhinos, but our rhinos were unviable because they were old, they were sick. The, the female rhinos had uh, their own uh, reproductive problems, you know. So we don't want to repeat that with our Malayan tiger. So I want Malaysian to understand that the Malayan tiger in all our emblems, in our achata, and our, you know, yeah. uh, is such a symbolic uh, national pride that uh, if we don't look after it, nobody else can look after it. And the whole world is looking at us. Right. What are we going to do? What are what are we doing to save the Malayan tiger? Because they are not Malaysian. They cannot come to, to our country and save the Malayan tiger. Unlike the Bengal tigers is everywhere, from Nepal to Bhutan to India to Bangladesh. You know, you find Bengal tigers everywhere. Mm. Uh, but not the Malayan tiger, yeah? So, if we don't do anything, that's it for the Malayan tiger. All right. So, uh, in Malaysia from the national survey done by the wildlife department we find that we have less than 150 and uh, if we don't take action they will be unviable and they cannot repopulate and they will die off okay okay so the biggest loss of tigers besides habitat habitat loss does affect tiger population but it affects the population slowly you know unlike poaching Mm. Poaching just wipes the tiger out within months, you know. Yeah. So what has happened is that the poachers from Indochina, where the demand for tiger parts are, have almost decimated all the tigers in Indochina. I mean, Vietnam, I think uh, they only have one or two left, you know, and Laos and Cambodia. So they have uh, managed to wipe out a lot of their tigers. So they need to go into areas where uh, similar territory as them and they are familiar with to come and poach. And these poachers are not what you think they are. Uh, they're not walking on foot bring, <laughs> uh, bringing guns across the borders, you know. They are actually under syndicated, you know. After human trafficking, drug trafficking, uh, weapon trafficking, wildlife trafficking is up there, billions, you know, done by probably the same syndicate that does all the other bad stuff, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, they are syndicated. They are brought in by planes. Some of them have work permits in plantation, in construction. They come in apparently legal. And then when they are in here, the syndicate will bring them to places where they will come in. And their modus operandi in Malaysia is to set up snares, traps, yeah, 
And these traps uh, are basically to get the jackpot or grand prize, which is the tiger. But it's indiscriminate. They kill everything. They catch everything. Even elephants are caught in snares. Yeah. So if they don't kill the tigers, they kill the tiger prey. They kill the sambadia, they kill the kijang, they kill the wild boars. And that will also affect the tiger population. Yeah. So way back in the middle of uh, when we realized that through data that uh, our losses, especially in Royal Bloom, which had the highest number of tigers, mm -hmm. you know, early 2000s. Early 2000s, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, by 2014, 15, 16, we see that we have lost almost 60% mm -hmm. through poaching alone. Because in Royal Bloom, as you guys know, it's a protected area. So we have no habitat loss. Yeah. We have no development, you know. So that's not the reason why they, they, they go extinct. They go extinct because of poaching. So the first thing to do is to stop the bleeding, meaning stop the killing. And the only way to stop the killing is to go on the ground and patrol. And uh, we are not Africa or India where mostly grassland and savannas, you know, you can walk with a stick around, take a motorbike. No, we are in a tropical rainforest, you know, you, there's no roads. You have to carry luck around 25, 30 kilos, go in the forest for 10, 15 days uh, to look for signs of encroachment. Uh, signs of uh, poaching, signs of uh, uh, snares, you know, uh, and it's a tough job and we don't have enough people. Okay, but uh, seeing that it's such a uh, precarious uh, situation, Jabatan uh, Perilitan or Wildlife Department together with NGOs uh, stepped up and the federal government way back four or five years ago, decided that enough is enough. They really put in the resources, including financial, to ensure that the tigers are protected. Yeah. And of course, we have to give uh, credit to Police Diraja Malaysia or our Royal Police for stepping up on the role to commit almost two battalions, almost a thousand uh, Senoi Prak, you know, yeah. our Orang Asli uh, Indigenous uh, Police, Field Force, to go into patrolling with uh, Prilita and NGOs and state parks. Mm -hmm. So that was an awesome show of uh, deterrence. I won't talk about what's the status of the tigers now because that is under Jabatan Prilitan. Sure. Uh, they are in a better position. But I can talk about Royal Bloom, mm -hmm. okay? Because yeah. that's under our jurisdiction. And uh, I'm sure with all the efforts put by other people, they have also seen positive rebounds, yeah. as in Royal Bloom. Let's let's talk about uh, Royal Bloom, but let's just go for a quick break, shall we? When we come back, let's talk about you know the role of Royal Bloom in tiger conservation, and you know what exactly uh, this new accred accreditation actually means, right? What cats this cats approval actually means in terms of uh, your work and aiding your work. I'm speaking today to Mohammad Sharidza, who said he's the director of the Perak State Park Corporation. He manages the conservation of Royal Bloom and other Perak State protected areas. We're talking about the good news, you know, that Royal Bloom State Park has been awarded the very prestigious Conservation Assured Tiger 
Tiger Standards or CATS approval, uh, and that's in recognition of their exceptional conservation efforts and commitment to tiger conservation. We'll have more after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Mohammad Sharidza Hussein. He is the director of the Perak State Park Corporation. He manages the conservation of Royal Belum and other Perak State protected areas. Today, we're discussing the how Royal Belum State Park has been awarded the prestigious Conservation Assured Tiger Standards, or CATS, approval. Uh, and that's in recognition for their conservation efforts and commitment to tiger conservation. So, you know, Shah, when we caught up back in 2020 and you were talking to us about, you know, um, all the things that you guys were doing at uh, Belom. Um, you know, you, one of the things that we spoke about was how when you became director, you turned your focus to tiger conservation, right? Um, I mean, just remind us, you know, why mm. why it is you did that and sort of the, the groundwork that you that you laid, you know, to, to get to where we are today. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember that, <laughs> that yes. session we yes, had. Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, just a little background on Royal Belom. Mm-hmm. So, Royal Belom State Park is an area north of uh, Perak, we border Thailand. And in Thailand, there's also protected areas in Thailand, which is the Banglang National Park and Halabala Wildlife Sanctuary. Okay, so one huge contiguous forest mm. of protected, you know. And outside Royal Bloom, we also have forest reserve, though it they are a production forest, you know, but they are managed sustainably by the Perak forestry. And they are huge, you know, almost uh, 300,000 hectares, plus Royal Bloom, 128,000 hectares, plus Banglang and Halabala of uh, about 150,000 hectares. So we have a huge contiguous forest. So that part of Hulu Perak, or what is known, known as the Bloom Temenggu Forest Complex, it's rich in biodiversity. In, in fact, it's one of the richest in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another day, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, for us to talk about it. And because of the richness in, in um, species, uh, it is also uh, rich in tiger, all right? Because tiger has habitat, they have food, and uh, they were somewhat protected last time because it was a black area. It was a communist area. Nobody can go in. Nobody can go out mm-hmm. except for the communists, you know, and our army. Mm-hmm. And they are not poachers, you know. And uh, so they were kind of safe, right? Um, so they they had, if you include Banglang and Halabala, they had lot, uh, about a million acres of forest. You yeah. know? And they need that range. They need isn't that range. Yeah. yeah, tiger yeah. needs big range. Okay, so uh, but what happened uh, starting from 2011, 2012, when the foreign start coming in, the syndicates start to operate. Of course, they'll go to the areas where the numbers are most right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, by that by that time, uh, there was no more communist uh, insurgency. The army still uh, still uh, patrol, but they are pro- patrolling our border with Thailand. Okay. You know, they are not trained to for anti poaching. They are they are trained to ensure other things. All right, and that was when uh, the poachers seriously, I would say, the word slaughtered like, you know, our wildlife, including our tigers. So <coughs> Roy Bloom lost about sixty percent of our tigers. And by the time I came in in 2018, I came into Royal Bloom 
as a director late 2018. And people ask, uh, why did you focus on Tigers? Uh, my answer is, because I have no choice. I have no choice because the numbers were going down so bad that if I didn't focus on the, on the Tiger, uh, we, it would have been wiped out or became an unviable population in, in Belum Temenggu. Mm. So it's not by choice, but it's by necessity and it's by critical need that we need to do it, you know. So we took steps, Roy Bloom. So for, for the sake of this, uh, this discussion, I will focus on, on Royal Bloom and Bloom Temengo. Sure. Uh, other people are doing excellent work elsewhere, uh, but that's up to them to, to discuss their, their successes sure. or their challenges. Uh, but I can only speak for Royal Bloom. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So in Royal Bloom, uh, we look into how we know the problem. The problem, first thing is to cut the loss of the tiger. So there's no way, no other way but increase our patrolling. Yeah. So how to increase patrolling in Royal Bloom? It's only by having more manpower, you know. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. But boots on the ground is expensive, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. When I came in, uh, we had probably less than 16 rangers, right, to cover mm-hmm. a terrestrial area of uh, 117,500 hectares, which is mountainous, deep deep ravine, deep forest, you know, it's no walk in the park, there's no road, nothing, you know. You take your boat, we'll drop you somewhere and good luck, you know, for the next 15 <laughs> days. So the first thing is to uh, upgrade my rangers to make sure that they are technically competent in terms of patrolling. Okay, so that means training, retraining, uh, using technology, proper usage of uh, data collection, you know. So we work together with WWF uh, to increase. So WWF said, okay, Shah, uh, you don't have enough people. We will uh, bring in patrollers to assist you. Mm-hmm. So WWF, through their collaboration with other institutions such as Maybank uh, Foundation and whatnot, raised the money. And they have put uh, more than 50 people on the ground to protect. However, being NGO, they don't have the uh, empower, uh, the enforcement power of, of rangers, you know. Right. Uh, but is good enough because you need people to go in, uh, deter. So we work out a uh, a procedure, a process, as as SOP, how my rangers work with them. At the same time, I tr- I increase my rangers. You know, so from uh, sixteen, we now have uh, over forty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I look at the indigenous people. They live inside. They know the terrain. How can we get them uh, to use their traditional knowledge, you know, and also to inspire them uh, from their traditional values, the values of their forefathers that look after wildlife, look after the forest, look after the landscape, you know. Mm. The youngsters have lost that, you know, uh, being exposed to modernity and things like that. 
they don't carry the pride. Of course, the other things, you know, they have been uh, marginalized. Some of them have been abused uh, in terms of uh, psychologically, you know, uh, to feel that they they are less, uh, you know, they are less than the, the people outside. Whereas that's not true. They are rich in culture. They are rich in knowledge. forest knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, and they are rich, but they're losing their traditional knowledge. So we want to inspire them to to be proud of what their forefathers done, looking after the forest, you know, make them understand, you know. So uh, I spoke to a few friends, uh, especially from the NGO Rimau. Yeah, I shout out to Lara and Harun, yeah. you know, and we worked out uh, to form the all indigenous uh, Jahai Orang Asli patrol team, mm -hmm. the Menrak. Menrak means people, yeah, in the Jahai language. So Lara and Harun uh, really went out of the way to look for funding. So we started with six. Now we have 30 Menrak, you know. That's amazing. Fully trained, fully dedicated, embracing uh, community-based protection, you know. So I, I'm not going to spend too much time on that because that is another big subject matter. Yep. But uh, instilling their pride as the indigenous people that lives in the landscape, uh, what their forefathers done. So they, they don't go just because it's work. You know, but they go because they carry the pride of their forefathers and tradition of looking after. So okay, so uh, so we've got Menrak, we Rimau, we've got the project Stampede with WWF. I've got my Rangers. I reached out to other foundations. Like yes, and Sam Dabi. I said, look, I need Rangers, but I don't have money mm. to pay them. Yes, and Sam Sam Dabi currently. Uh, yeah, Dr. Yatela, thank you very much. And the board of Yasan Sam Dabi, uh, they are paying for 15 ranges. And uh, everybody came in together. Periletan through federal uh, went under Operasi Bersatu Khazana, yeah, OBK. They also gave us uh, currently 19 people. Uh, under the VETWA or BP3, you know, Biodiversity Protection Program. Mm -hmm. uh, they pay for Orang Asli and ex-Army vet veteran yes. uh, to work with the state park. So uh, they pay the salary, but they, they are under the state park. Yeah? There's 19 of them. Okay. So all in all, you add everything up, we have over 130 people now patrolling. And any one time, you know, 50 to 60 people are on the ground. Mm -hmm. So, my warning to any people trying to go into Royal Bloom, uh, if you can set your snares and your traps and stay there for more than five days without us finding it and destroying it and finding you, uh, you'll be lucky, you know. <laughs> so, really, I, I'm, it's... it's, it's, it's uh, it's an achievement for the state park. You it know? is, it is. Okay, because uh, it's the, and all this comes from collaborative work. Uh, the mentality of uh, one party or one agency can do everything is over. Mm. You have to collaborate, you know, and we we are thankful to all our partners, WWF, uh, Rimau, 
even MNS, even though not active in the anti-poaching, but they are active in other biodiversity uh, protection, uh, to the wildlife department. Uh, and lately, um, the uh, forestry department also have come in mm -hmm. into biodiversity protection. Kudos to them. You know, something that uh, five, ten years ago would never have been possible, you know. But uh, we're moving towards it. And so, uh, so in our effort, we started to see how can we evaluate ourselves to see whether we are doing the right thing in right. terms of tiger, right? Yeah. So we know tiger need basically three things for them to thrive. First, they need a good habitat. They need good forest. And Royal Bloom has that. Outside Royal Bloom, so the habitat is still okay. Uh, number two, they need food, right? So if they have good home and they have enough food, then they'll breed their cats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they also need protection from from people or things that will harm them. External factors, know? right? Yeah. 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 So if they have, and especially from human, human are the only species that uh, can actually wipe up the tigers. You know. Yeah. Uh, beside diseases, but disease is something else, you know. Um, what we have seen some form of diseases coming to our tiger. Mm -hmm. There yes. was the uh, canine distempered you know, right. in, in Kelantan. Yeah. And we have to take cognizance of that, but uh, it's not a, a big, as it is, it's not a big factor yet, you know. Uh, and that's also because of human interference, you know. Human bringing in the, the disease into the forest, right? Yeah. So that's another story for another day. So if they have protection, if they have enough food, they have habitat, and the population is viable, I mean, there's enough of them, enough sex ratio, they are of matured age, uh, they, would, they would be able to breed, for sure. Yeah, they would be able to thrive, isn't Yeah, it? they will yeah. thrive. So our aim in Royal Bloom, knowing that we have Bloom Temengo at that time from the national survey, we have about 23 tigers, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know the health and we don't know, uh, we are not too sure about the, uh, the age and the sex distribution, but we know it's still a viable number if they are well, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can give them enough food and good protection, Surely they, if the if the population is viable, surely they'll breed, right? Yeah. So we step up first to step up the protection, to stop them from going further down. Mm. If once uh, the numbers goes less than twenty, less than fifteen, and it hits half, let's say ten or twelve, then you know it might not be viable anymore. You know, yeah. uh, we can't wait for that. So we step up the the protection. And then we step up in terms of looking at what else they need, you know, prey and, prey and all of that, yeah, right? Yeah, their food. But are we doing the right thing? Are we looking at all the areas that needs to be looked at in order for them to thrive? Yeah. What we hope is Royal Bloom to be a source population, meaning they, have, they are safe, they have good home, habitat, they have good food, and they can breed safely so that when they breed the tigers can leave royal bloom and repopulate outside right mm -hmm. so outside is another challenge but that's that's another story 
but get them to breed first, you know, in order to repopulate, you know. And that was our aim. But to do that properly, we need knowledge. So uh, Royal Bloom registered as a CAT site. CAT stands for Conservation Assured Tiger Standards. Right. It is the global standard to evaluate whether you are conserving and protecting the tigers in all uh, the facets that they need, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were the first in Southeast Asia to register. Register doesn't mean that, uh, that you are good. Yeah. Register means you want to be good, all right? So once you register for CATS, they will come and evaluate you. There will be an independent evaluator evaluate you. And of course, they will uh, give you all the criteria. You know, basically there are um, seven pillars. Okay. Out of the seven pillars, five are conservation assured, meaning pillars to make sure conservation is done. And then two habitat management and tiger population are tiger standards that you have to meet to ensure that tiger can survive, you know. And then out of that, there are 17 elements that you need to do under each of the seven pillars, you know. So, um, so it's a very robust framework, It's a right? very robust yeah. framework. It, it is actually based on MAT, which is Management Effective Tool, uh, to see how well you look after uh, protected areas. Okay. This is under the um, World uh, Protected Area Commission. Eh? All right. And then uh, under IUCN, and uh, which uh, Royal Bloom is also a mad, a mad site. You know? Okay, got it. Okay, uh, that's to look after the protected area. This is species, yeah, with All tiger. Right. Yeah. So when we did our first evaluation, we find that we had so much gaps. In fact, we failed. We failed the basic standards, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is to what standards are for. And this is what is the, what I feel uh, cats uh, contribute it gives you a framework to evaluate yourself, to ensure that you cover all areas for tiger conservation, because tiger is just not protecting them, but it's also feeding them, it's also looking after uh, their habitat, it's also looking after the community inside it, it also look after the conflict that may arise you know, when tigers are a lot, it might, it might be in conflict with other animals and with humans that live inside, you know. And then the, the, the management of, 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 of the tigers, uh, is it up to, to, to standard, you know. So there's so many things, uh, including tourism, as in Royal Bloom. It's a, it also open to tourists, even though we open a very, very small percentage of Royal Bloom. Less than 9% of Royal Bloom is open to the public. Mm-hmm. But even then, uh, what do we do? How do we incorporate tourism into species uh, protection? So there's so much things to do. It's just not protecting them. Protection is very important, but it's only one element. Okay. okay. Then we realized, oh my God, they got so much, we got so much work to do. <laughs> yep. Without cats, we would, we think we've done enough, we think we are clever, we think we are good, but actually you're not, right? Yeah. And then we try to fill up the gaps. You know, more rangers, more protection, uh, better management, uh, then the, uh, in terms of habitat, in terms, you know, just upgrading ourselves. Then we were evaluated again mm-hmm. about two years in. 
And we improve a lot, but still, we haven't even met the minimum uh, standard, you know. Okay. So, we again realise that there's still much work to do. And this is what uh, the CAT standard makes you do. It forces you to evaluate yourself, look at your weaknesses and your gap, and better yourself, you know. So, it's a process. And, of course, we tried our best. And last year, we had our evaluation. And uh, two weeks ago, or one and a half weeks ago, we got our accreditation. We got it, yeah. So, being first and uh, only site in Southeast Asia. So, what does that mean, actually, you know? Mm -hmm. What we hope to do is, number one, is to make sure that uh, there are still gaps, you know. We have achieved mainly all, Mm -hmm. but some we have exceeded. But that doesn't mean we have uh, optimized, you know, uh, optimally run the species uh, conservation. There's still improvement needs to be done. So we're constantly uh, doing that. but more importantly is to inspire other sites, especially in Malaysia. The question is people ask, why don't other sites do it? You know? Okay, just to give you a global perspective in terms of uh, cats globally. Uh, there are 128 tiger conservation sites that has registered for cats. Okay. You know, India is the most, almost 100 sites in India, you know, because they've got so many tiger reserves and, you know. Uh, but out of that, last year, only 21 sites are approved. I see. Out wow. of the 128, right? Okay. So the last round of approval by the International Executive Committee of Cats which I am one of them. Mm-hmm. But of course, when it came to Royal Bloom, I had to sit out. Lah, you know? Of course, yeah. Seven new sites, including Royal Bloom. So basically, it's 120, uh, out of 128, uh, 29 sites are now uh, approved, approved, accredited, okay. right? Right. And uh, the reason why not many people do the sites is because it's such a tedious process. And... If you register and undertake the process of approval, then you have to invest into improving yourself. You have to invest into the resource, into the capacity to meet the standards. And a lot of people just don't have the resource, nor the time. It's it's such a stringent process that I had to put literally hundreds of man hours from my staff, you know, and I, I shout out to my staff, you know, dedicated staff that went through the process with much headache, you know, they've already got so <laughs> much things to do on their plate, but I've asked them to look into the cats, you know, led by Fong, you know, my head of enforcement and conservation, and Fateha, you know, uh, these two are basically it, but uh, shout out to WWF who who mentored us throughout the steps, you know. Wherever we have shortage in terms of resource, even in terms of financial, you know, to do workshops, to to go and see sites, you know. WRS stepped in to pay. Wonderful. You know, because I I would not have gotten it from from the state, you know, because our, our budget is 
just too limited, you know. And then partnering other NGOs to ensure that we meet our gaps, like Rima with Mendrak and Peritan with Vetua, to make sure that we meet uh, all the, the, the gaps. It helped us to achieve it, you know. Yeah. And clearly it's paid off, right? Because, you yeah. know, you identify the gap. Like you said, Lan, that then you're not shocks and deary anymore in that sense, right? Quote, unquote. Right. Uh, but you, you realize that there are gaps, you address it. And, you know, and also having this accreditation also means that you will maintain that. You will continue you to, to work. maintain it. Yes, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. You know, how do you ensure that uh, you don't, because you can lose this accreditation, of right? Yeah. Uh, they will evaluate from time to time, okay. and if you don't, if you sleep, mm. uh, they'll take back the site's accreditation. Uh, okay. uh, so, uh, with cats, we can see the benefit internally, mm. but there's external benefit to cats. Okay. 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 So one of the things that uh, that really benefits from cat that we can benefit from cats is that we can show to our funders. To our sponsors, people that put faith in us, right? Like Yayasan uh, Sam Dabi and the other foundation, Yayasan Hasana and uh, Maybank, you know, people who put money to our cause, we can show them empirically and we can show them that we have achieved something. So the money that all these foundations and all these individuals and, and companies that put in, we can show to them that we've done something worthwhile with their money, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, we have improved in terms of the protection. Number two is we have something tangible to show future funding. Mm, you know? Yeah. So when people say you you say you look after tigers, you say you look after them very well, where's the proof? Mm. You know? There are other ways to prove it by showing new tiger population and whatnot. But in terms of management, in terms of logistics, in terms of training, human resource, how do you show it to mm. people? So we show. This is this is how we show. So it opens us to the opportunity to go to other funders to in order to make this sustainable. That is why for Royal Bloom, we strive for global standards, not because we want to tell people we are so good, but it helps us to... Uh, open doors. To open doors. And also, you know, uh, just to give you an example, this year, EU funding, EU grant, Royal Bloom alone got the biggest portion, you know, substantial amount uh, of the EU grant. We've got 4 million euro. Euro, wonderful. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's because we showcase our standards as against global standards, you know. What we do It's not just to show or to tell people that we're so good. It's not that we're so good. It's just that... We need to show tangible things to people, what you do, you know. So uh, it helps, okay. But more importantly, more important than all this, you know, is uh, cats, by by adopting cats and making our uh, management and our protection more systematic, we have increased our tiger numbers. 
you know. That is, I mean, that is I, the bottom I, line, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I I don't want to give any numbers around, sure. out, you know. Sure. But, you know, mothers with three cups, mother with four cups, mother with four cups, oh, mother with... Oh, my goodness. So we have all that, you know, to show. <laughs> so all this effort that we have done has come to fruition. And in terms of poaching, I cannot say for anywhere else, but we're almost in zero poaching in Rebloom, you know. Wonderful. From hundreds of, of snares and traps every year, thousands over the last five years, yeah, we are down to two. In the last three years, we average only two, you know, for every year, you know. And those two were quickly found out and cleared, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, can you imagine from thousands, you know, over the years, we're down to two, three, one, you know, it's remarkable. But uh, cats helped us. And uh, with the cats framework, we have done other things, you know, for example, prey. We now manage our habitat because one of the pillars in under cats is habitat management. Okay. So, you know, you can do protection. But protection will will only help the tiger to one level. Okay. But if you don't manage the habitat of the tigers, uh, they also will have problems, you know. So we do habitat management. Habitat management means uh, ensuring that there are spaces for prey to, to thrive, ensuring that uh, wildlife, uh, tiger-wildlife conflict is lessened, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, ensuring that uh, the critical areas uh, for the tiger to roam are not disturbed, you know. Uh, and, uh, and there's a lot of examples of uh, what we have done, you know. For example, I'll just give you an example. Sure. Uh, you know, the army, they have, um, they need helicopter uh, to drop food, right? So yeah. they have got landing points in, in Royal Bloom. So they wanted to do new landing point in Royal Bloom, right? But we know from our uh, data, from our record, from our camera trap, those are tiger areas. They, they wanted to clear for a landing zone. We refuse. Good. Even though it's very important for the army to have that, but we told them to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, So that is habitat management to ensure that you don't disturb where you know that is critical areas for them, you know. Yeah. Even though thing, other things are also important, but that was our priority. And then uh, habitat management also includes prey management, meaning uh, we know what are the optimal food for the tiger. The optimal food for the tiger is the sambadia. Of course, they have the wild boar, they have the uh, barking deer, but those are considered small mammals, right? For them to to have very good uh, optimal food so that they can have time to reproduce cherry girlfriend and all these things uh, cherry boyfriend <laughs> uh, they need to have uh, the sambadias so we introduce sambadias you know with the wildlife department we select we quarantine we uh, medically check we have their sex ratio their age ratio and we release uh, somebody. In fact, tomorrow is my meeting with uh, Perletan again 
for the for the next phase of samba release okay. you know because you did it last year or something we did last year we did it a year before okay, that okay. yeah so right. it's been a couple of phases right in areas where we know that we need to enrich mm-hmm. the the food you know okay okay uh, all this needs data collection needs training the rangers needs uh, new knowledge you know mm-hmm. and uh, our samba dia release has been proven uh, very fruitful you know our dears are pregnant all over the place you know because okay. my rangers are keeping tap they are all radio collared and stuff like that so we know they are breeding we know they are they are so we know there's more and more food for the tigers food for the tigers is also important for wildlife human wildlife conflict you exactly, know yeah. uh, we know they won't go out, right? yeah exactly. we know tigers uh, has been spotted outside their habitat uh in some areas killing livestock uh that could be due to habitat uh not protected shrinking of habitat it also could be through lack of of uh, prey mm-hmm. you know not enough food for them so we don't want and we want to reduce any possibility of the tigers having conflict with the jahais or with other communities we want to make sure that they have enough food that they don't need to go out and disturb other people you know yep, yeah. uh, so all those are habitat management you know all those are site management that uh, if you don't have the tiger standards and you don't know what to do you're not going to do it you know yeah. you can do other things but other things is just not enough you have to have an holistic approach so that's how we approach uh, uh tiger protection in royal blue okay. uh, it's so. remarkable i mean yeah i mean it's you know and i love the fact that you know this is something that you you want to do and you want to make sure you're doing the best possible uh you way, know way yeah. you're doing the best possible way um you know global standards not just you know any other standards you want to make sure you're up there with the rest of yeah. the world and that is remarkable you know congratulations you know thank you to very you, much to the, the team everybody yeah, yeah. it's the team and all our collaborative partners all your partners you know? yeah. yeah yeah so i'm afraid we're just running out of time sure right. but um you know this so now of course you know the the key is to keep doing what you're doing and yeah. to just keep improving and um i guess you know we also always say that kanal makata chinta right so you know is then invitation from you to you know for folks from Malaysians to come visit royal bloom and see for themselves you know what's happening over there yes uh, okay so royal bloom is open to public right mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you have to go through to operators yeah. uh, the state park doesn't run to <laughs> to yes, group, correct, yeah? correct. So there is a persatuan or an association of uh, tour operators in Royal Bloom. They have packages, you know, uh, but uh, not you can't go everywhere. You have to go to places designated for visitors. Okay. I just want to probably wrap up uh, on two things. Number one is a uh, shout out to Jabatan Perhutanan because uh, especially Jabatan Perhutanan uh, Hulu Perak, yeah? DFO Azrul, okay, uh, and the Ferak Forestry because they are looking at cats accreditation for Temenggong Forest. Mm, which is outside outside right. yes yes so they have gone several rounds of uh, discussion on cats wwf have took them to india to look at how cats uh, uh cat sites are accredited in forest areas uh, okay. you know uh, to learn from the indian because you know you have this perception that once uh, 
you are production forest, you may not be able to get cats, you know. Uh, you can, but of course you have to manage the production forest to the standards that, that cats require. And I don't think uh, the Perak Forestry uh, can't achieve it, you know. But the first step is for them to acknowledge and discuss and be open about it. Because our tigers will leave Royal Bloom. The tigers stay with their mother for about two years, two and a half years. Mm. The mother will teach them how to hunt, how to, to feed themselves, how to look after themselves. And after that, they will win off the mother. Yeah. Okay, They will leave the mother and the mother will can start reproduce again. Okay, So when they leave, the chances are they might leave Royal Bloom to go to the adjacent forest in Temengo, in Banding, in Greek. Mm. Uh, so this forest needs to be protected also. Of course, the level of protection, uh, we cannot expect the level of protection to be like a protected area in Royal Bloom, mm-hmm. right? But if uh, the forestry department decides to adopt cats, which the Perak Forestry appears to be inclined to, then they will also step up in terms of their knowledge, in terms of the resource. In t- you know, it will take time. It took Royal Bloom five years to be accredited, right? So forestry might take longer or less, I don't know. But the fact that if they want to be accredited, because cats is just not for protected areas. eh? Any landscape that has tigers can go for cats accreditation. But you have to meet the standards. Mm. But if forestry, if Hulu Perak, Temenggo Forest Reserve, Banding Forest Reserve, uh, go for cats, and then they up their resource to ensure that uh, species are also protected, you know, uh, even in production forests, then I think uh, the future for tigers will be much, much, much brighter. You know, uh, we started uh, quite ignorant. Uh, we tried our best, and I know other people will also uh, benefit from uh, practice, putting cats in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, the bigger forests in Malaysia are production forests. Under Jabatan Hutan. Protected areas besides Ndarompin, Taman Negara and Royal Bloom, there are hardly any others, right? So we need the other forests to be accredited so that uh, species will be protected in the bigger landscape of the uh, production forest. We should support the forestry for doing this. You know, it's very easy to look at all the negative sides of, uh, of of things and not everything are rosy, but it's even more important for us to give solutions and assist in in helping them to better themselves, you know, to yeah. protect our biodiversity and our, our species. Yeah. Lastly, Royal Bloom is, uh, together with Rimau, we are going to do conservation tourism, meaning... A uh, special package that you go in, you get all the touristy stuff, but you contribute to the Mendra through a special program where you will spend extra days with the Mendra team learning on how they put camera traps, how they uh, sniff out uh, uh, snares and traps, and then uh, how they organize themselves, you know. Wow. Uh, okay. And that uh, that would be a very special uh, package. Uh, wait for it; it will come come out probably middle of the year. Okay. You know, for those who are interested to go to Royal Bloom and make your visit meaningful, meaning you don't only enjoy the flora, fauna, and landscape, but you contribute to the conservation of the Malayan tiger. Thank you.
Thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Mohammad Shahriza Hussein, Director of the Pirat State Park Corporation, who manages the conservation of Royal Balloom and other Pirat State protected areas. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.